Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Good morning, and I'm so glad all of you are here. And we've been in summer school for a few weeks now here at One Cause Church. Woohoo! Let's hear it for summer school. All right, so, uh, and we're continuing, and we will be for a while because we're on the subject of faith, and faith is a massive subject. It looks to be, from what I could tell, the theme, especially of the New Testament. And um, Jesus talked on faith a lot. He taught about it, and he demonstrated it, and, um, and showed by the way he taught just how vital it is to the life of the Christian. We walk by it, don't we? You know what the Word says? We walk by faith, not by what? Not by sight or not by our senses, right? Sight is just one of a few senses, but really when it's saying sight, it's saying it's not the sensual. Faith is faith without sensual knowledge, right? That we don't calculate our senses because our senses, though we need them and they're very important, sometimes they don't really know how to act, though. I mean, they don't really teach us all, always the right thing. Yeah, let me give you an example. I've told you this before, but... Um, uh, I've sensed, and, and, and you've, you've, your senses can lie to you. Like, I got sick on sage. You ever had, my grandmother had put too much sage in the stuffing one year in Thanksgiving. And, uh, or, or I thought she did. That's what I thought, because I threw up. <laughs> anyway, I got sick, and I couldn't eat the rest of the day. Like, I was Throwing up all, all Thanksgiving Day is a terrible day to be sick because that's the day you're supposed to be eating a bunch, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the next year, the next year uh, came around and my senses told me, don't eat the stuffing because stuffing makes you sick. And so I didn't eat it. And the next year, I didn't eat it because my senses told me, that makes you sick. And about five years of doing without stuffing, I finally said, you know, I don't think my senses are telling me the right thing. I think I need to start eating stuffing again. Lo and behold, I started eating it and didn't get sick. So uh, all I'm saying is we need something more sure. Something more sure than just our feelings or our senses about it. Uh, We have faith that is the assurance, the Bible says. It is the victory that has overcome the world. It is the substance. And the evidence, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So that's why we are on the subject of faith, because um, it's good. Go to Mark chapter 11. And Jesus taught us about faith this way. He taught that faith is how we receive from God. Remember last week we talked about the one with the issue of blood. If I may only touch the hem of his robe, right, I know I will be made whole. Uh, she used a word that's a really cool word. It's sozo, S-O-Z-O. It's the Greek word sozo. And, and, it, and it means total salvation. And total salvation is, is not just redemption, not just uh, salvation from hell and from our sins, but also healing and blessing and favor. And I mean, every good thing from God, that's what sozo means. It's the total package, right? And so when she said, if I may only touch the hem of his garment, sozo. Because she didn't just need healing. She needed her life back. Because according to the law of Moses, she was deemed impure or unclean because of her condition. The woman who had a a cycle for those 
five to seven days, whatever it is, she's, by the law of Moses, she was deemed unclean. She couldn't go out. She couldn't mingle with people. And anything she touched, that thing became unclean. If you touched her, you became unclean. Then you had to go through ceremonial washings. I mean, it was just, this is just how meticulous the law of God was. And so, but this woman has this issue every day for 12 straight years. Imagine how looked down upon she must be by society, and, and the things they would probably accuse her of. Well, if you hadn't done that, you wouldn't be going through, you know, just the, just the shame. And, and then not only that, just the discouragement of not getting any better, you know, of fighting this. And, and, and she, the Bible says that she went to doctors and several physicians, and none of them could help her. As a matter of fact, her condition just grew worse, and she spent all she had. So she did the reasonable thing that she could in the natural, but the problem is her life's getting worse, right? Her health keeps failing, and now she don't have no money. She's coming to a desperate situation. Now she has to lay it all on the line, and so she decides she's going to do something that's not reasonable, something that's not, that is not natural. She's going to walk by faith, and she's going to lead, <laughs> I love this, lead her life by her confession. She first said it. If I can only touch the hem of his garment, I shall be sozo. It means I'd get it all back. And then she took action on her confession. And sure enough, the moment she touched it, the Bible says, immediately the blood flow stopped. Immediately she felt it in her body. And I mean, it got Jesus' attention real fast. He's walking, oh, whoa, who touched me? Right? And Peter's like, come on, Jesus, everybody's touching you. The crowd's all around you. You're, you say you touched me. He said, no, 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 no. Listen, Peter, you don't understand. I felt power go out of me. All these people touched me, but they don't know how to access my power. They're touching me because they're needy. They're touching me because they're desperate. They think that, that if they'll just, if, if they'll mean it, if they'll, <laughs> if they'll show me the right emotion that they'll access this power. But what we need to understand is that we've got to meet him on his terms, not our terms. And his terms are that we believe, despite what we feel, despite what we've experienced, that we believe God. And he said, somebody touched me because I felt power leave me. I wasn't even handing it out, and somebody came and took it from me. This is what, I love this about faith. I love the, this about the way God sees faith, that not even when he wasn't intentionally in this moment doing a healing service, right? He was on his way to heal a little girl, and this woman came and just took it. How did she do that? Because God always responds to faith. Always. Ooh, I love that. That's how you access. I felt, so who took that from me? And I, but this is what's so cool. When she realized that she couldn't be hidden, she confessed up to Jesus and told him what happened. And then he said, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Your faith is... Did, did the hymn make her whole or did her faith make her whole? The hymn was just the point of contact for her faith. But Jesus made it sure to, that everybody knew your faith made you whole. Mm, your faith. So he taught that faith is how we receive from God. Jesus speaks to the fig tree in Mark chapter 11. Let's look at this for a moment. Mark chapter 11, verse 14. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. <clears throat> All right, so Jesus was hungry, walked over to the fig tree. There's no fruit on it. And so then he says that. Well, you know what happened to the fig tree, right? No one ever ate fruit from it again. <laughs> 
It withered up. So they go on into town, and then they come back after he had said that to the tree. And Peter says, Lord, that tree is withered up, that tree that you spoke to. And then Jesus goes into this lesson on faith. Have faith in God. Verse 23 of Luke, uh, Mark chapter 11. For whoever says, assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, how many whoever's are here? Can I see your hands? Okay. Yeah. Is this is the same whoever here that's also the whoever that are here? Because yeah. like I said, sometimes you can be reading the Bible and you think that whoever is whoever else. But this is where you get to put yourself because he says whoever. Yeah. Hmm? Come on. This is, you got to connect yourself to this word right here. This is you. Say that. Say, that's me. For whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Like, like I said before, that, you know, when you're reading that, you're like, boy, Jesus sure does exaggerate. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like an exaggeration? Say to a mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. This is what he's teaching us about faith in God. Faith in God isn't concerned about the circumstances. Faith in God isn't concerned about a mountain. Faith has the ability when it is activated, faith in God that is, when it is activated, how's it activated? By speaking, as Ashley was saying. It's cute to speak in your heart, but you've got to open your mouth, right? And say, be removed and be cast into the sea. And guess what? The mountain's got to move. Because faith isn't intimidated by anything. <laughs> it's only fully assured in God. This is so beautiful. Look at this. Now, I want you to notice this. Be removed and be cast into the sea. How many words was that? Eight words to move a mountain. Now, when I was growing up, we would, I wasn't taught like this in our little Pentecostal church. Our little Pentecostal church was pray, 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 tarry. You got to tarry in prayer. Who, yeah, who's Terry? You gotta, and you got to persist, and you got to persist, and you got to labor and labor and intercession, labor and labor. And Jesus said it in eight words. I think I'll take that route. Huh? Because it's not the size of the prayer. It's not the quantity of prayer, the quantity of prayer. It's the quality of prayer, right? This has conditions to it, these eight words. In order for those eight words to do what he says they're going to do, you got to believe that those things you say will be done. So it's more than just, come on, Jesus, seven, come 11. Let's see what it feels. No, it's, but believes that those things he says will be done. This is it. But believes. I don't know about you, but I've struggled with the ease of that. I struggle with that. I wish I'd stop struggling with it. It's so easy. Yeah. But this mind goes to overtime, doesn't it? I mean, it just starts working. And, and <clears throat> rather than just take him at his word like this, and in the next verse, in verse 24, I didn't give that to them, but 24 says, uh, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. So Jesus doesn't just make it about a mountain. He makes it about everything. 
Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive. So he keeps taking us back to here's how you get what you're praying for. Believe you receive and you'll have them, right? Like I said before, it's it. And, but, and then Jesus doesn't try to explain you out of that like so many of us do. And so even many of our teachers, I, I, uh, troubles me how many men and women of God who are trained in teaching and preaching take verses like this and then try to explain people out why it's not going to work for them rather than just taking Jesus at his word. Well, you know, obviously Jesus doesn't mean everything because not every desire is good. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't go, now let me explain to you guys so you don't get your hopes up too much. Huh? Like, like our preachers do. They do that. You can't just ask for everything. Now you got to make sure that everything's right and, and right and perfect in the will of God. Jesus isn't saying any of that here, but boy, we are. And you can reason yourself, as Martin Luther, the great reformer, said, he said, reason is a whore. It robs us of what faith can give us. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus just said it. Just said it. Believe you receive. His disciples are struggling with this too. But he never gave them a break. He never let them up. Jesus didn't coddle their fears and their, and their doubts and their concerns. He didn't coddle any of that. He called them out. Where was your faith? Oh, you of little faith. He's so insensitive. He is. I mean, if you're the, come on. If Paul had not taught us what Jesus wanted us to know as Gentiles, Jesus looks like a really mean dude, especially to us. I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Oh, cool. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm out. That's what it, he came only for the Jews. His earthly ministry, anyway. Two Gentiles received something from him. Only two in his, uh, his entire ministry on the earth. Only two. And that's because they believed. Because they acted like Abraham. But they, we didn't have any rights to that. And so when, you're, when Jesus, he just seems, oof, he's harsh, you know? But Jesus isn't harsh. We have to see it as he sees it. He has a mission. Yeah. He has a mission. And, and he has a message to get to us, and it is, that's his urgency, not our feelings. They're not his urgency. Now, he's touched with the very feelings of our infirmities, the Bible says. But that's not what moves him. What he wants us to know ultimately is that you can believe, and if you can believe, then all things are possible to him who believes. Yeah. You won't get caught up in this sensual realm where, you, where you're just kind of taking life's punches, right? Well, and then chalk it up as, well, everything happens for a reason. Well, God must have had some bigger plan. We just make up garbage because we don't know what to say. It is what it is. Right? Yeah. Come on, let's take responsibility and put our faith in God and grow our faith. Huh? Come on. Yeah. Our, your faith is not <laughs> something for you to protect. Oh, he told me I needed more faith. Who's he to say that? He's Jesus. <laughs> huh? Our faith is not something to protect. It's something to grow. 
It's something to activate in our lives because faith has the ability to move circumstances, as Jesus said, and move mountains. Right. Yeah. Hmm? You, get, you, get, you stand there. Don't let that mountain move you. You move that mountain. Amen. So this is why he's saying you must believe. If you can believe, if you can believe. If believe you receive, you're going to have whatever you believe. Amen. So the Pharisees and these guys, Jesus said, they pray long prayers. He said, don't be like them knuckleheads. Because they, and, and even, even the, the, he, the heathen, I almost said the heather, the heathen. I saw heathen, I just saw heather for a second. But that's, they're nothing alike, I promise you. Sorry. Just. Now listen to this. He said, even the, the heathen or the, those that don't know God, they think they'll be heard for their many words. Hmm? If I say, just say this prayer over and over and over and over and over and over again, if you'll say it this many times, you shall be absolved or whatever, this, this will happen and you'll be back in good graces with God. And they think that if they just pray these prayers over and over and over again, that, that they'll build, build up some kind of account that maybe they can withdraw from somewhere down the road and it's just vain repetitions. And Jesus said, don't be like that. Lost people think that way. People that don't know God think they got to pray long prayers and say many words. How does the church get caught up in that stuff? Jesus said eight words. Eight words. Eight words from a heart that is full of faith. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I want to go to 2 Corinthians 4.13, and then I'll, we're, we're, we're going to start circling the airport. 2 Corinthians 4.13, look at this. Since we have the same spirit of faith. All right, I got three of you with me. I'm hoping to get some more this time. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written. What are we, what's our spirit of faith according to? According to what's written. Because it's written, we can have faith. All right? I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. See what it says about the spirit of faith? It is believing and speaking. With the heart, one believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made into salvation. Is this too simple? Maybe. Are we doing it? Maybe. Could we do it more? Heck yeah. Huh? Believe and speak. So it's kind of cool. I was told the 930 service that you can put believing and speaking where you see faith in a lot of the scriptures. For we walk by believing and speaking and not by sight. Ooh, this is good. We walk by believing and speaking and not by sight. Now, believing and speaking is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, that one is absolutely true because just a couple of verses down in Hebrews 11 it says, faith is, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, verse 2. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Um, verse 3 says, by faith, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> by faith we also understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Right? Is that what it says? Yeah. Take, don't take my word for it. Look it up. There's a very good chance I'm screwing all that up. 
By faith, listen, we understand that the worlds were framed by what? The Word of God. Uh, uh, the Word also says that He upholds all things by the Word of His power. So God's Word is His action. Light beep, boom, there was light. Right? It was, his word was the action. He didn't just say it and then go to action. That actually was his action. It is his action. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That's why I'm saying, now believing and speaking is the substance of things hoped for. You're made in his image. What God can do, so can you. Because he put himself in you. And so when you act like him, you get his results. Ooh. So that's why you can, in confidence, say, like me, or I am healed by his stripes, or I am an ambassador of wealth. Things that don't make sense. Things don't don't seem reasonable in the natural. Well, who cares? Who cares? Anybody can live by reason. Anybody can have that everyday humdrum kind of life. I want a life that shows that God is in my life. Come on, can I get a witness here? All up in this house, can I get a witness here? All right, you receive everything from God by faith. And faith requires that we walk without sensual knowledge. Oh, thank you, Lord. One last place. Can we do one last thing? Luke 23, 46. Now we're coming in for a landing. Luke 23, 46. This is... Jesus on that cross after suffering so much. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. This is the greatest statement of faith ever uttered by a man on the earth. And when you're just looking at it there, you think, well, how is that such a great statement of faith? Because you have to, it's predicated upon what he said before. And one of the things that he said were these horrifying words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus said that because God had forsaken him. And God had forsaken him because God, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. This is all for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. There was this exchange. He became sin. We became righteousness. But look, at this moment when God accounted his son as sin for us, That's when this holy, righteous, just, and good God had to forsake him because God and sin don't mingle. And at this moment, the separation, Jesus felt in his spirit, this darkness come in. No sense of God, totally forsaken by God. Imagine this. This is the son of the living God. This is the word become flesh who had never known one day without communion with the father. And now he has been ripped away from that. How horrifying that must have been for him. 
And now here he is falling headlong, as it were, into hell as the sin center of the universe, being forsaken by God. What else does he have now? He has no circumstantial evidence. Everything's going to be okay. He does, nothing is showing that to him. It is hopelessness, it is darkness, and it is separation. But what does this man do now? He speaks by faith. He calls those things that be not as though they were. Father! Hey, he just said, my God, why have you forsaken me? There's no sense of father here, but he only has faith to hold on to. Into your hands I commit my spirit. But that ain't where he's going. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But by faith, by faith, he said that's where he's going. Where is he now? He's, a, he's, he's exactly where he said he was going to be. Sitting at the right hand of the Father. Yeah. Thank you. you don't have to have everything look right. As a matter of fact, that's really when you need faith. That's right. When it doesn't look like it's supposed to look. Huh? When it doesn't feel like it's supposed to feel. When, when you know the situation is not as it is in heaven. Yeah. You need faith. Speak the word, believe and speak. I don't know what your struggle is today, but I want to dare you today to call it as you need to call it. You have the promises of the word of God. You have a promise from Jesus himself. He says, whatever things you desire, you believe you receive it, it's yours. All God needs from you is faith. And he'll get in on that with you. Faith always speaks his language. He likes the sound of that. Imagine that. How did Joshua know to say, sun stands still? Who thinks like that? Hey, we're winning the battle. The sun's going down. We need the whole solar system to stop. Right? I mean, who just thinks, I think I'll just talk to the sun. Right? That's crazy. It's not reasonable. But he did it, and God said, I like the way you talk, man. Yeah. Let's stop everything. Okay, go ahead and finish the war. And they did. It's powerful. If I can only touch the hem of his garment, your faith made you whole. I like the way you talk. He likes this. This, is, this, this speaks his language. So I want to say, act like him. Speak into your situation. Lord, I thank you. Woo, hallelujah. Come on, what is it? Is it your marriage that needs help? Call wholeness. An abundance of love and laughter and joy and healing. Your children, all of my children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, right now, my bank account is showing, well, quite the opposite of that. But (laughs) he shall supply all my needs. God is able to make all grace abound to me, that I have all sufficiency in all things. I have an abundance for every good work. See what I'm talking about? He's given you, he's even given you words to say. That's what his promises are, his words to you. And when you get them in your mouth by faith and you activate that word, woo, look out because it's living and active, as Hashley said, working on your behalf. What is it that you have need of? Open your mouth, believe, and speak. Amen. All you need is faith in God. That's all you need. Faith in God.
Lord, we thank you for this time together. Thank you for your wonderful word. Thank you for your goodness that you, before we ever were here, you loved us. You chose us in love. You gave us, uh, you made us who were dead alive (laughs) in Christ. Thank you, Lord. You brought us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. Thank you, Father, that anyone can believe. Anyone can have faith. And I thank you, Lord, for helping us, all of us, God, to activate it more and more, more and more into our everyday lives, God, that we truly walk by faith. God, I believe, I declare over these people here right now in Jesus' name, and even those that are with us online, I declare over them in Jesus' name. They shall know their God. They shall be strong and do great things in the earth. They are the excellent ones, God. I thank you, Lord, that their their lives are shining examples of a life lived with God. And that you, God, show yourself strong on their behalf. God, that we would be like our father Abraham, And that we would be fully persuaded that you are able to do what you promised you would do. Thank you, Lord. I I speak against discouragement and hopelessness, anxieties and fears and worries, offenses in the name of Jesus. Command those works of darkness to be pushed back right now by the love of God, by the grace of God, by the goodness of God. Thank you for healing hearts and minds even right now, God. Lord, nothing's too far gone. Nothing is too hard for you. You are our resurrection, the resurrection and the life. Your word uh, teaches us that you are our stand up again and our recovery. So I thank you right now for these that maybe have been knocked down by some situation or by someone in their life. But Lord, you're causing them to stand up again and to live in healing and health and wholeness and recovery in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. The righteous, though they fall, though they fall seven times, they don't stay down. Because we will not quit. Because our God doesn't quit on us. And I thank you, Lord, for hope rising up in hearts today. Thank you, Lord, that these are people who are prisoners of hope. They've locked themselves into the prison of hope. (laughs) Hallelujah. Never to be set free from it. Amen. But free from hopelessness, free from discouragement. Thank you right now for the living word bringing life to those who find it and health to all of their flesh. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.